ever feel overwhelmed by all it seems you have to do in order to have a great life? Maybe you look at everyone else's life and it seems like you're the only one not living their best life. Everyone else is going on adventures, improving their careers and their bodies and their futures, and you're just getting left behind. Everyone else seems to have a great career that they enjoy, and you've just got a job. Everyone else has this great family where they're smiling in every social media post, and yours can barely make it through dinner without fighting. Everyone else has a great house and goes on great vacations and has great stories to tell about their great lives, and you're just struggling to make ends meet. And you don't want to complain. Things are good. They're just not great. And it's overwhelming to think about all the things you'd have to do to take your life from good to great. Maybe you work hard to get your career great, but all that work left your family life not so great. Or maybe you get your family relationships right, but you don't feel fulfilled at work. And it feels like no matter what you do, the great life is always a little out of reach. And if you've been tracking with us throughout this video series, you know we've been saying that the lure of a great life can be so destructive to the good life we were made to live. Because the never-ending pursuit of greatness always ends up destroying the good work God wants to do in us. What we've discovered from Jesus is the best life possible is not one where we get the great life always imagined, but one where we become good like God is good. We were meant to choose good over great. And if you're not sure you buy into that, I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube and Facebook pages and watch the other videos in this series because we've been looking at Jesus' most famous sermon where he laid out this huge vision of what a good life looks like. And this new way of life that Jesus lays out conflicts with the pursuit of greatness. Because even though a great life can be difficult, complicated, and tiring at times, the life Jesus offers is easy, light, and full of rest. It's a life where we're not rushed or hurried as we try to balance multiple goals, but where we live with one goal as our focus. And if you're worn out from always striving for a great life and you're looking for something better, I hope you'll stick throughout this video because that's what we're going to discover together. And even if you're not sure you believe all we do about Jesus, I believe he has only good in mind for you. In fact, no matter what you think about God, I believe he can't stop thinking about you. He's for you. And here at Community Christian, we wanna help you find all God has in store for you. Hi, my name is Kelly and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. with us throughout this whole series and you've heard our team teach this entire sermon of Jesus, you might be thinking, this doesn't sound all that simple. I mean, Jesus talks about how to completely change how I deal with my anger and how I think about people and how I deal with my sexuality, how I handle people who hurt me or I just don't like, how I use my words to be honest but not control other people, what to do to avoid anxiety and judgment and greed and people pleasing, how I even do good and godly things like prayer and fasting. And in case you didn't know, we didn't even cover the stuff Jesus said about marriage and money. And you might be thinking, that's just as many plates to keep spinning in my life as pursuing the great life. How is this easy and light? 
Well, as we look at the conclusion of this sermon, I think you'll begin to see how simple this life truly is. And so Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. What Jesus is describing here are two ways of approaching life. One that is so broad and so wide that you just naturally are drawn to it. Not because it's better though, but because you don't have to think much about it. Most people go down this path, and so it's just natural to just follow what you see everyone else doing. And I think the metaphor is obvious here. Jesus is talking about the way most of us naturally live our lives. No one had to sit us down and teach us what anger was or how to call someone a name. Most of us got PhDs in name calling by the time we were three. No one taught you to lie when you were scared or to hit someone back when they hurt you. When you were a teenager, no one sat you down and said, here is how you lust. You figured that one out all on your own. Why? Because this way of life, this road is so broad that you are walking down it without even thinking about it. But I think we all know that road, it leads to destruction. But Jesus says, the way of the kingdom, my way of life, it's narrow and most people won't choose it. Why? Because it's narrow, it's precise. And that doesn't mean that it's somehow hard or impossible. It means that you have to be intentional about it. You have to choose it every day. You won't drift towards the kingdom of God. You won't choose turning the other cheek or being generous in secret or forgiveness and gentleness without having to think about it. It'll take intentionality. It will require you to watch your step because the road is narrow. Jesus is inviting you to follow him on a narrow road, and the only way to do it is to follow each one of his footsteps. You have to draw close to him and watch him closely at all times to see where he places each step so you can do the same. You have to watch how he lived his life, how he spoke and acted, how he treated people and served and sacrificed so you can do the same. This is what Jesus called being his disciple. A disciple is an apprentice of someone. Just as an apprentice sits every day by his master and watches him do every part of his job so that one day they can go and do the same thing, a disciple of Jesus learns from Jesus how to do every part of their life so they can do what Jesus did. You see, Jesus is the narrow gate into the kingdom of God. The point of Jesus' sermon is not to give us a scavenger hunt of moral teachings, things I need to learn and do so that we can just go off on our own and follow all these new laws and commands. And if I just check everything off the list, well, then we can get into the kingdom of God and have this good life. That's no different than the way of the world that is so overwhelming. The way of life where we feel like our greatness is determined by how many plates we can keep spinning and how many achievements we can accomplish and how much we can do to earn greatness. If we think living in the kingdom is about what we do to earn it, then we're just abandoning an old system of earning greatness for another one where we have to do different things to earn a different kind of greatness. 
Now, I want to be clear. That isn't to say that Jesus isn't expecting us to do what he says. Everything Jesus calls us to do in the Sermon on the Mount is something he intends for us to be able to do. But the way we go about it is different. Jesus invites us into a life that is much simpler. He says, just follow me down a different kind of path than you've ever been on before. You watch how I live, you learn from me how to do every part of your life, and you don't have to figure it all out at once. We'll take it one step at a time. And here's what will happen. When you choose, I'm gonna follow Jesus closely. I'm gonna wake up every day and instead of making decisions through the lens of what I think will make my life better or greater, I will make decisions through the lens of what I know Jesus would do. When I do that, over time, he changes my nature. He changes my character. He makes me into the kind of person who naturally and easily does what he does. But it's not for me trying harder not to lust or not to lose my temper, to be honest and generous. It's through fixing my eyes on him, pointing my feet towards Jesus and moving. He's the goal of my life because Jesus is the gate into the kingdom and the gate is narrow. You're not trying to find a way to squeeze Jesus into the margins of your life so he can bless your plans and dreams. You can't make him a means to your ends. You're not trying to fit him into your life so you can get him to do what you want. He's the gate. So you're fitting yourself into him and his way of life. You're squeezing yourself with your dreams and your desires, and your personality, and your relationships, and you're not trying to get him to do what you want. You're asking him to give you the power to do what he wants for you. You're asking him to shape your character, who you are, so that over the course of your life, you learn how to freely and easily do what he does. So all of this probably feels fuzzy. So I want to get pretty concrete of what it looks like to have Jesus change you from the inside out. Let's just look at anger for a moment. Most of us have one approach to handling our anger better. Be less angry. When someone makes you angry, just stop it. Don't be angry. But how effective is that? It's like when you tell your children to stop and count to 10 when they get mad. They ask you, but how am I going to choose to count to 10 when I'm really mad? And our answer is, I don't know, just do it. It's because most of us see Jesus' teaching that anyone who calls their brother or sister idiot is in danger of hell as a law we need to follow. The law is, even if you really want to, don't call anyone an idiot. But Jesus isn't making us into the kind of people who can hold themselves back from calling someone a name even when they really want to. He's saying the kind of person who has been shaped into the image of Jesus wouldn't even think to call anyone idiot. He's not talking about a law. He's talking about a result of a life you live in the kingdom of God. You know, the root of the word that we translate as disciple is the same as the word for discipline. And all discipline means is the ability to do the right thing at the right time. But you don't become disciplined by waiting until the moment you need to do the right thing to practice. A disciplined musician is one who has practiced for years and years on their own before they ever step foot on stage. They have trained their body and their mind to play the right note at the right time. And a disciplined follower of Jesus is one who has trained their body and their mind to do what Jesus would do whenever the occasion calls for it. And so I want to make this clear. 
If you want to be able to do what Jesus did in the moment it matters, you need to do what he did in every moment. So here's the problem with anger. Nearly all of us live our lives on autopilot. We spend most of our days without intentionally choosing what we will think about, what we will focus on, how we will speak or act. We even go into moments of high stress and irritation without thinking about how we will act. We spend most of our day reacting to impulses and instincts rather than intentionally choosing what we think is best. This is life on the broad road. It's mindless. Now, this isn't to say that a mindless person isn't worried or stressed or that their mind isn't busy. What I mean by mindless is that you're not mindful. A mindful person is intentionally choosing what they will focus on and think about. A mindful person is anchored in the thoughts that lead them toward what they think are most important. A mindless person is tossed about by the waves of their life and whatever their schedule and the interactions of their day and their circumstances they face dictate that they will think about. In fact, a mindless person is most likely more anxious and stressed and rushed than a mindful person who has chosen what to think on. But a mindful, disciplined disciple of Jesus fixes their thoughts on Jesus. They train their mind throughout the day to be centered on Jesus and His gentle, peaceful, joyful way of life. They spend time with Jesus in prayer and by reading scripture, and they watch how Jesus handled difficult people in stressful situations. One thing you might notice is that Jesus didn't respond to every accusation or attack on His character. Jesus didn't always speak His mind on every issue. Jesus had a slow-paced, patient lifestyle where he often withdrew to be alone and to pray, and he didn't feel rushed to respond to every crisis. Maybe all of these things led him to be so rooted in the love and peace and patience of God that he didn't respond to people or situations with anger and hostility. And so a disciple of Jesus doesn't wait until they're in the moment when someone accuses them of something they didn't do or makes an assumption about them or says something that's offensive or when someone fails to do what they were supposed to do to choose how they will respond. They're not waiting for the opportunity to be angry to handle their anger. They're not even focused on their anger at all. They're focused on Jesus. They spend every day, every moment, trying to train their mind to stay fixed on Jesus. They train their body and their mouth to be slow to respond, to be quick to listen, to be patient and others-focused. And a person who learns how to be with Jesus in every moment will learn how to do what Jesus did in the moments when it matters most. They will be disciplined. They are disciples. Jesus' final teaching in his sermon is a simple story. Jesus says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus describes the life of a disciple right here, a person who puts into practice all that Jesus has just said. And notice, he doesn't say the person who perfectly does what I tell them to do. It's the person who daily is practicing how to live life in the kingdom of God. Another way to say this is a person who fully intends to do everything Jesus has called them to do one step at a time. A person who orients their life and their schedule around training, 
practicing to be the kind of person who can easily and freely do what Jesus would do. That's a person who's wise. That's a person whose life can withstand whatever life throws at them. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is saying it's possible for someone to build a great house, the kind of life that everyone finds beautiful and attractive, the kind of life everyone would want to live. It has all the decorations and fixtures and furniture that you could dream of, but it's all built on a sinkhole. And Jesus says, if that's what you build your life on, you should expect that when storms come, your life will crumble. When life throws something at you that you didn't plan, when your dreams fall apart and your plans crumble and you lose your job or a loved one or your marriage hits a rough patch, when you find yourself in a storm, if you've only built your life on the pursuit of greatness and it's not grounded in the goodness of God, when you have not daily mindfully chosen to train yourself to live like Jesus, then you'll mindlessly react to whatever happens. And so a temptation comes along and you do something without even really thinking about it. It just felt right and something that happened in a single moment had consequences that wrecked your entire life. Your great career was demolished or your beautiful marriage now lies in ruins. All of your accomplishments don't matter when your lack of integrity has been exposed. And it didn't matter how great your house was because it was built on something that couldn't hold up the greatness you had established. The disciple of Jesus is the one who doesn't spend their days building great accomplishments or achievements. They don't focus on their influence or reputation or their level of power or control. They aren't making their family life just the way I always wanted it. They're building their foundation. They are focused on the person they become. They are building a life where they are good so they can withstand the storms of this life. Because notice, Jesus said, both the wise man and the foolish man experience storms. The invitation of life in the kingdom of God is not an invitation to a storm-free life. It's an invitation to build on a solid foundation. It's an invitation to build a life that doesn't crumble under the everyday pressures and stresses of life. A life that doesn't crumble because of a lack of integrity or a moral failure. A life that doesn't crumble because you spent all your time chasing greatness and a beautifully decorated life, but you spent no time building your character. A life that isn't demolished when storms come, or life doesn't go your way, or your dreams fall through, or your career doesn't go as you planned, or your family doesn't look exactly like you wanted because your life wasn't built on the shifting sands of greatness. Your life was built on the solid foundation of Christ's kingdom, which is unshakable. Jesus said in this sermon, the way you build a worry-free life is to seek first the kingdom of God. You make your top priority what Jesus cares about, living like Jesus wants you to live, and you can live without worry or concern. Your life won't be shaken by the storms of this life. Why? Because Jesus will, his kingdom, is never in jeopardy. And when what you care about most is getting your will done, then life is shaky because it's reliant on you, your skills, your intelligence, your power, your influence, you being beautiful and admirable to others. And beauty doesn't last forever. 
Respect and influence and power is temporary. And when it fades, your life is shaky. But the kingdom of God is eternal and you can root your life in it. Your foundation can be centered on Jesus and what he wants and he never fails. His kingdom never crumbles. And if what you want most in life is Jesus and following him, then congratulations, the kingdom of God is available to you. The question is, what do you want? Is what you really want to be with Jesus in every moment? Do you want him to shape you into a person who looks just like him? Or are you really just looking for a great life with just a little less anger in it? I want a great family, so I know I need a little less lust, but I don't really want to think about sex like Jesus probably thought about it. I want a great career, and I'll just take a little less judgment and approval seeking and manipulation. Because it's possible for you to clean up your act, clean up the outside of your beautiful house, but still have it built on sand. If you want a good life, you have to drop every other pursuit and follow Jesus on his narrow path. You have to make the goal of every day to be with Jesus. That's it. And as you set your heart and mind in the presence of Jesus every day, you will train your body to do what Jesus would do, and you will build your life on the kingdom of God, and it shall never fail. Discipleship to Jesus, this inside-out transformation, it does take effort. It will take reorienting your life and your schedule and your habits so you can train your heart and mind to be with Jesus in every moment. And so you need a training program, but not just a program, a community to help you do this. Sort of like CrossFit for Jesus. You need other people around you who are all focused on the same goal. And so that's what we do at Community Christian. We are a disciple-making community where we have communities full of disciples learning together how to do their life just as Jesus would if he were with them. Which doesn't mean we all become first century Jewish rabbis. But we allow Jesus to shape our character into his image so we can live in our neighborhoods and our workplaces and with our personalities and our relationships just as Jesus would if he were us. And these discipleship groups are training programs that are designed to train our hearts and minds and bodies to be with Jesus at all times so we can learn from him how to do every part of life. We all are learning ways to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus and his kingdom so that we will love him above all other things. And we want to help you do that. If you want more information about joining one of these groups, where you can join others and learning to be a disciple of Jesus, to follow his narrow path, then simply text the word disciple to the number you see on the screen. Someone from our team will be in contact with you and we'd love to help you take your next step in finding the good life of Jesus by learning from him. So please text right now and someone from our team will reach out. But most importantly, I hope you leave today knowing that there is a life available to you that is so much richer and more satisfying than the never-ending pursuit of a great life. It's a life of goodness where you are daily being formed in the image of Jesus. And as His good character is formed within you, you are able to live a good life no matter what your circumstances are. And I hope you'll lean into this life by choosing to follow Him as His disciple, no matter what you even believe about Him right now. Because no matter what you think about God, I believe he can't stop thinking about you.